Welcome to the Grace College Podcast, a ministry of Grace Bible Church located in College Station, Texas. We desire to impact students who will impact the world for Christ. Hope you enjoy the talk and hang around for more after. Grab a seat, grab a seat. Well, howdy. Howdy. Welcome to Grace, and it is great to be on the tail end of a winning game. Uh, That has been the reaction I've heard from just about everyone, but come on, it's a win. A win is a win is a win, even if it came a little bit harder than we wanted, all right? A win is a win. Hey, if you have a Bible, jump over to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, if you have a Bible um, or a friend with a Bible around you or a Bible app that are, it's free on your phone. Um, I'm going to read a few verses for us and, and we will jump in. 1 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 7. As you're flipping there, my name is Kevin Bear. I'm the college pastor here at our Southwood campus. So glad to be here with you this morning on basking in the glory of a win. All right, I'm just going to, I'm going to push that forward. All right. First Peter chapter four, starting verse seven, says this. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him be belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Would you pray with me one more time? Lord, thank you so much for this morning. And I thank you so much that we get the opportunity to, to open your word, to look at your word. And I pray that as we open your word, you would open our hearts, that we might see how we are gifted by you and how we might use our gifts that you might have greater glory. And Lord, I know that so many of us are so talented. We, we, we're intelligent, we're, um, we're socially winsome. We've got such diverse talents and, and gifting here from you. And I pray that as we see our gifts, we might be people that leverage our gifts for your good. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, we've been doing a series at the start of this semester, and it's entitled this, Starting Point. Starting with, with God was the first one. What, what we are about here at Grace Bible Church is to get you connected to the creator of everything, and that's God himself. Week two, we looked at starting with Jesus, and, and the invitation of Jesus Christ is this for you, that you would be invited into a relationship with him and be invited to be a part of what he is doing in the world. This week is starting with you. We're looking at you. And here's the big point for this morning. What you have, you have to give. The things that you have, you have to give. But there's a problem with that. I say that with the things that you have, you have to give. There's a problem with that, and it's this. You may not know the game you're playing. You may not know the race you're running, and it's easy to get off course. So I was watching the World Championships in track and field this summer. I was probably the only one in the room doing that. But I was watching it, and uh, I ran track in college, and so I absolutely love watching track and field. And, and there was the, the race that I ran in college. It was the steeplechase. It's a long-distance race over hurdles and a water pit, and it gets exciting. 
But what was crazy about this race in particular is that there was, there was tremendous talent in the race, but one person got taken off course, and I want to watch it together. Real drama in the steeplechase because the athletes didn't realize they needed to cut inside for the water jump. That's Chip Koech, the third fastest athlete in the world this year, who then had to double back, and she has lost a massive amount of ground. And we've had a whole host of fallers there. We have a group of six split to the left-hand side. Incredible drama there. So five become four. Two Kenyans, two Americans. What a story this would be if Coburn could win this. Jack Kamoy struggled at that water jump. And look at Emma Coburn. This is an incredible performance by the American. No medal by an American woman in this event. And somehow she's found the acceleration. Emma Coburn becomes the world champion in one of the biggest shocks in women's distance running for years. Oh my goodness. I mean, can you imagine if that was your moment? I mean, imagine it was your moment, your race, you've been training, you, you know what to do, but as the gun blows, as the curve comes, you, you miss the direction and you are left as the only one off of the course when everyone else knows the direction to go. And the reason I'm telling you that is this, some of us have been living our lives not knowing the contribution we're supposed to make. Some of us have been living our lives not knowing that the things we'd have are meant to be, to be run in a lane. They're meant to be used in a certain way. And we haven't always been using our gifts, the things that we've been given in the direction that God most desires. And so this morning, our talk is simply about this, to know what you have and to know what you have to give so that you don't get taken off course and you make a great contribution with the life that you have. So we're starting with you this morning. And I love Peter in this section because he gives us a great paradigm in which to start. He starts by first saying this, that your time is short. In verse 7, it says this, The end of all things is near. Therefore be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. What he says is this, that we are literally in the last quarter. And what he's not saying is that Jesus is going to come immediately. In fact, Peter wrote this, and it's been about 2,000 years. And you're like, okay, Peter, you've, you overshot your prediction by a couple millennia. You know, like there's, there's, it hasn't happened as immediately as you've seen. But what he's not saying is that Jesus is going to come back immediately, although he could. What he's saying is this, that you're part of God's program. And there are things that God has been working into the world. And we are in the last section of that program. We are in the last quarter, so to speak, of what God is doing in the world. And God has been working in the world all throughout history. He worked with with Adam and Eve in the garden. And then the fall happened. And then through that process, he's been building a process of restoration of everything. He tried to work through the nation of Israel, but but he couldn't get the nation of Israel to, to be the light that they were supposed to be. And then he sent his son into the world to to die in our place for our sins, to rescue us out of the kingdom of darkness so that we might work through him, for him, to bring good, to bring Christ, to bring restoration into the world. And that's us. We're part of the church. If you have put your faith in Christ today at all, 
If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you're put into his family. You are part of the church and you have a great responsibility. You are in the final quarter of God's plan and you have a part to play. And it's crucial to know this because here's the thing. I think it's so often to forget that we actually have a part to play, to forget to believe that time is actually short. But time is shorter than you think. Do we have any seniors in the room? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the days when you were a freshman just trying to figure out, like, your name, you know, you're just coming in and, and you have your backpack and, you know, you, you know what dorm you're supposed to go to, but, but then you go to class and you, you find yourself lost. Like, I don't even know how to get back to the dorm. Maybe a, a sweet junior will walk me there or something. You just, you just, you, you were lost. You didn't know where you were. And, and a couple years later, you're like, man, it, it feels like so long ago, but at the same time, it doesn't. I mean, you can remember who you met, who your friends were, and it feels in many ways like that time has passed so fast. And, and now that you're in your senior year, you're going, it's all behind me. I mean, it's, it's all back there. I mean, all my hopes and aspirations, my agitum, I finally can whoop, but, 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 you know, but all of my things are all back there. And when you see the end, you realize actually how short your time really is. And that's... Peter's point. He's like, look, your time is running out and you've got to know your place in the game. You've got to know what part you play. And because time is short, it means this, that we need every person contributing. Because the game is short, we need everyone contributing. And that's what he says in this section. He says, literally, keep fervent in your love for one another. He says, I want you to lean into one another. I want you to keep fervent. Literally the word fervent is, is a word to like, that an athlete would describe an athlete as his muscles tense before the start. He says, keep fervent, like stretch yourself, strain yourself for the purpose of what? To love one another. That you would strain yourself to love one another well. Why? Why does he say that? For this reason. Because the purposes of God are too big to do alone and too broad to be accomplished by anyone. The purposes of God are too big to do alone and too broad to be accomplished by anyone. And I tell you what, everyone sees this in the world. Companies see this. What they realize that it's not about recruiting the best individual. It's about building the best teams. Deloitte did research, uh, research on this recently. Deloitte, they just launched a study of people who have challenges in business. And they were asking, how do, what is the number one issue on leaders' minds? And they said this, the conclusion of the study is that in today's digital world of work, it has shaken the foundation of organizational structures, sifting, shifting from traditional functional hierarchies to one Deloitte calls a network of teams. The days of positional leadership are going away like the boss and you do what I say, to be replaced by growth of career progression based on your skills, your alignment with team values, followership, and contributions of the whole company. Isn't that fascinating? Companies are realizing we can't just recruit the best talent. What we need to do is build the best teams. The days of one individual being able to pull off everything, they're saying that doesn't work. We've got to build an entire network of companies, of individuals in this company to actually succeed. Sports teams are seeing the same thing, right? In NBA basketball, it used to be, you just get the ringer and it'll be fine. 
But instead, it's no longer the superstar. What are they building now in the NBA? Super teams. They know that one individual can't pull it off, but together, if we have diverse talent, diverse people, together, we can create something great. See, the Bible has been screaming this throughout history, though. See, when you come to be part of Christ, it means this, that you're in the family. You're part of his, of his family, and he gives you gifts to use so that we would be networked together to accomplish something greater than we could ever do alone. And that's why he says, lean into one another, because the purposes of God are too big for any one of us to accomplish alone. You are part of a body, and every piece is vital. So you got to know your place. And what he goes on to say is this in verse 10, you are gifted. Time is short, and you are gifted. Verse 10, he says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of God's manifold grace. What he says is this, you're unique. You are given by God an individual gift. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual gift. It's the Greek word charisma. It's, it's a grace gift. You've been given the grace of God and every one of us receives gifts. Now, I know there's debate about what's spiritual gift and what's natural talent. And I will just say this. God uses all of it. In fact, one commentator writes it this way. Every Christian has a gift that he has received from God, whether at birth or rebirth, or sometimes after, it's not stated. Since every Christian has a gift, his being equipped with it apparently takes place with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And he says this, even natural talents can be redirected to the purposes of Christ. And so you have spiritual gifts, there are spiritual gift surveys you can take. There are uh, passages in the Bible that describe them, but they're simply large categories of these gifts. They're serving gifts that you can, you can help one another. You've got a passion to help people and serve them. There's teaching gifts that you would instruct people in, in the, the Bible or, or how to do different things. There's exhortation, like encouragement. There's giving. Some of you just love to give. I mean, you are the friend that when someone like has a bad day or whatever, you're immediately thinking, what can I get her? What can I get him? And you go buy gifts and you're amazing. I love you, right? You give gifts. There's leadership. I mean, some of you like God has given you the gift to, to lead others or some of you have mercy. You deeply care for other people. And some of those are, are legitimate spiritual gifts. When you came to faith, those became supercharged by the Spirit of God to be used for him. But beyond that, some of you have natural talents. And here's the greatest part. You're a collection, a, a mix of both spiritual gifts, but infused with natural abilities. And some of you, you you're athletic, right? Like you just get sports. Like you signed up for every intramural team. You go to the, the weight room all the time. And you're just like, guys, I just started working out yesterday. How did I get this vein right here? Like, how did it get all cut? And everyone's like, I, I, hate, I hate you, right? You've been working out for 10 minutes and that's you, but you just get sports, right? They stick a ball in your hand and you're just like, I know where this goes. You know, like you are incredible athletically, right? Or some of you have musical talents, right? Like you just get music. You want to listen to it. You want to play it. You can play 10 instruments and you're just like, yeah, I could be a one-man band if I wanted to. Like you just have that and, and you know what tone sounds like and, and what doesn't sound good. And when you hear people not singing well, you're like, 
hope you have other talents, you know, because you're so good musically, right? Or some of you have natural leadership gifts. I mean, it could be a spiritual gift, but sometimes it's just natural. Like, you've always had people following you. I mean, you just walk into the room and you're just like, where are we going, people? This way, let's go. And there's like a train of folks following you. It's really funny, even like in elementary kids, you can see this play out. There's, there's this one leader of the pack. He's like, boys, we're going to go play soccer over here. Let's do this, right? And then they all follow. That's, that's a natural talent. That's not spiritual. It's just naturally within you. Or some of you have social talent. You're like, Kevin, that's a natural ability. Just telling you. It is uncanny to see some of you in your social interactions. Like you can just win people over. I have a friend uh, here that works on staff and he has incredible social talent. He is so warm. He makes everyone seem welcome and he wins everyone over. I mean, he's like, if you wanted to go to war, you would just love to go with that guy. I mean, he was just so nice. And, and you, some of you have that. I mean, you just win over the crowd. You just win over people by just a smile and a handshake and a few questions. They're like, I would give my life for that person just because they're social networking skills. Some of you are writers, right? You're incredible at crafting words, of, of putting thoughts onto paper or writing your blog. You're incredible with that. And sometimes that's always been there, but, but for some people, once they come to faith, God supercharges that ability in a new way. C.S. Lewis is a prime example of that, right? He was, he was an English professor. He was a writer most of his life. But it wasn't until he came to Christ that his writing uh, really just changed the demographics of, of really the Christian spectrum. I mean, everyone's saying, go, you've got to read The Weight of Glory. Go read The Great Divorce. Go read anything by C.S. Lewis. And it all came, much, much of those writings came after his faith. Or some of you, you love science and math, Right? You're like, equations? Yes. You know, like, you just live for those equations. And I remember in, in high school, it was clear to me, I have no talent in this area because there was one guy, Miguel Saldana, who was incredible when it came to physics and math and everything. And I would be sitting in the same class with Miguel. And Miguel would be over there just kind of like, um, I kind of paying attention, kind of not, kind of jottling stuff down. And I'd be there in the class like, okay, I've got to remember everything, right? Just... And then he said, okay, all you got to do is just memorize the equations and use them when the, you know, they ask the questions. And I'm like, sure, I'll just memorize the equations. So I just memorize the equations. I get to the test. I'm like, which equation do I use? You know, I just, I had no idea how these things fit together, but it was easy for him. Some of you engineers, business folks, you're like, I just get it. I just get science. I just get math. It all makes sense to me. And that is a natural talent that is there with you. And the point is simply this. There are diverse talents that every one of us have. Some of them are spiritual. Some of them are natural. But the concoction, the mix of that is unique within you. That unique gifting of those spiritual gifts and those natural talents are uniquely woven within you. And every one of us has them. Every one of us is, is infused with incredible talents. You would not be here at Texas A&M or Blinn if you didn't have that cool mix of incredible talent and ability. You have it. But here's what he says. You are a steward. You're not an owner. He writes it this way. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace 
of God. He says you are a steward, not an owner. A steward was one that served the house manager. He had no wealth of his own, but distributed his master's wealth according to his master's will and direction. You see, an owner protects his assets. A steward leverages the assets as the owner directs. And here's the thing. You've been given amazing gifts, natural talents, spiritual gifts, and you are a steward of those gifts. You are not an owner. You have those gifts not to hoard. You have those gifts to give. And here's what's crazy. Many of us just don't get this because we view our gifts like a gift, right? Like a happy birthday present. Does anyone still celebrate birthdays? Y'all actually have birthday parties? Well done. Like I stopped having them after I was like eight. And so like, I'm a little bit jealous of you. Um, But when you have a present or a party, people bring you presents, right? They bring you gifts to your party. And as they bring you that gift, what the birthday kid always says is, those are my presents. And if you had like siblings, you know, they were very uh, envious, hateful, jealous of you because you got these, these amazing gifts and they were all like circled around you, right? And so you sat there with your pile of presents and your brothers and sisters would look on and be like, I want that. And you're like, slay the sucker. You know, and you're like sitting there with all your presents surrounding you. But here's what's crazy about the gifts that you get. Every now and then you get gifts that aren't meant for you alone. They're gifts that can only be used if you share. So to prove this example, we got uh, Carson to come help us. Give Carson a hand. Yeah. Yeah. So let's pretend it's Carson's birthday. Happy birthday, Carson. Okay. I got this for you. Now in fairness, It's not a real gift. It's a gift that requires more than one to enjoy it. So Carson, here, open your present. Oh, what is it? Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. It's a game. What game is it, Carson? It's Guess Who. Oh my gosh. Okay, so here's the best part about getting a game like Guess Who. Anyone play Guess Who when you're a kid? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, this is the best part about getting a game. I guess who? Um, I. This is actually a gift uh, I had given, or someone had given to my kids, and so they played together. But here's how my kids typically play this game. Okay. Oh, my wife gave it to them. Here we go. Uh, so they they get the game, but they love the game because they received it for themselves, and so they would hoard the game, like horrible little children of mine, right? And so they, they would like literally hoard it and hold it. But, but here's the problem with guess who? The premise of the game is you have to have other players, right? Like you've got to make a friend in order to play the game, right? In order to enjoy what all of guess who is about, you've got to get a friend. So Carson, stop being so selfish. Open the gift, bring a friend. Guess who, right? Like that is how the game is played. Thanks Carson, give Carson a hand. Thanks. And the truth is, I think for many of us, as we see our gifts, as we see our talents, we see them like my kids often function with the games that they get as something that's mine. And I think many of us, I think we see our gifts and our talents 
as something that's mine, not gifts that can be best utilized if you have them to give. And I tell you what, the purpose of everything that you have is that you have so that you can give. If you want to play the game right, you don't hoard. You invite other people in and you leverage your gifts so that everyone wins. He goes on to say this in verse 11. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who speaks the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength that God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. And he gives like two large categories of gifts. He says, whoever speaks and whoever serves. So whoever's speaking, whoever's serving, leverage your gifts so that everyone wins, so that God receives the glory. And he says this, I want you to see your words as words that are used to speak literally the oracles of God. Do you do that? So some of you are just socially winsome. Like you just make friends easily. Do you leverage that gift so that everyone wins? I mean, we've all seen it in the cafeteria when we were like in L, like junior high and high school. When there were those socially winsome people that could grab a whole crowd and they could grab a whole crowd and either sway it to help someone or sway it for their own interests. We moved to a new neighborhood um, a a year ago and uh, we were just praying. We were hoping that our kids would meet friends in this new neighborhood. And there was one little girl that literally changed our entire time there. She's a little second grade girl, ended up living at our house most of the year. She's been amazing. But when, as soon as we moved in, she came and knocked on our door and said, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. We're like, hey, what is, what is, you, who are you? What is your name? Where's your family? And she's like, hey, uh, well, we moved here a little while ago. So glad you're here. And the next day, she brought like a crew of other friends from the neighborhood to all come over and play. I mean, for an entire year, our house was just like an open door revolving of all these neighborhood kids coming to meet with us. And, and I told her at one point, I said, girl, you have made our time here so good by just bringing other people and making us feel welcomed and loved. Some of you have leadership gifts, like God's given it to you. And some of you, you you just hold it close. You're like, I will lead where I want to go. As opposed to saying, God has given me that tool to leverage for his glory. Some of you have teaching gifts, like the way that you frame words, the way that you understand things is very unique. It, it, other people don't get it as easily as you do. And you, you're like, oh, I'll lead or I'll teach when, when I want to. But there's people that need you. We need you. And if you don't lose your gifts, we lose. But not just speaking, serving. He says, I want you to serve with the strength that God supplies. He says, I want you to see your strength It's not yours, but the opportunity to use your strength as a way to serve. So there was a guy um, I knew uh, several years ago, and uh, and he was involved in the ministry that I was leading. And he was a dude that was just built like a rock. I mean, just incredibly strong, always like, hey, where's the gym? You know, kind of guy, you know what I'm talking about? Just like beefy. 
And there was one point when we needed to move all of this heavy sound equipment uh, for this event that we were pulling off. And we were like, hey man, come, come help lift the edge of this gigantic, I mean, it was like a, a huge soundboard, huge snake. I mean, it was all in this gigantic black box. And he's like, come help. And he's like, dude, man, I just, yesterday was leg day and, uh, and my legs aren't quite ready to do, you know, the, the lift yet. So I just, oh, I just don't know, man. My back's kind of, um, and I'm looking, I'm like, okay, it's me or you that has to lift this thing, right? And, and you may not be able to tell from a distance, I'm not a big dude, right? And so literally three of us get on one side as he kind of calls shots from the side. We're like, okay. You know, three of us lifted this thing in there while he's going like, sorry, I got leg day, leg day. I'm like, what are you doing? And the contrast to a guy a couple years before, um, a guy named BJ Ferguson. Now BJ is amazing. He's actually one of the pastors at Austin Stone. And uh, at the time, yeah, he was doing junior high ministry. And I remember we were loading up, once again, sound equipment for this event. And me and my buddies had loaded up the entire like Honda Civic with an absurd amount of heavy sound equipment. And then BJ comes out. Now, BJ had played uh, college football at Rice, right? And so I just shook his, his hand and it was like huge sausages. I mean, just like massive man. And it took us, it literally took four of us to carry this one thing in. He goes, what do you need? You need that? He grabbed this huge soundboard case with one hand, threw it on one shoulder. like, what else do you need? Like that, okay. And he just like walks it in, man. I'm like, what are you doing, BJ? This is insane, right? And I looked at it, I'm like, this guy is leveraging his gifts just to help us. He didn't have to, to help us. And then I watched him interact with junior high guys. And junior high guys, if you don't know, are insane right? There's, there's something that happens at 13 that just like clinically you're crazy. And, and I would watch him like interact with these dudes and these little kids would like run and jump on him, like claw and bite him. And he'd be like, oh, you kids, you know? And he would just like <laughs> throw them around. I was like, this is, be- <laughs> I just, I'm may like, this is beautiful. You're taking all of your talent, all of your ability, and you're leveraging to love on these little kids to help us move a couple things. And I tell you, man, you don't realize how great your gifts are until you can't use them anymore. So the other week, there's a woman who was, um, she and her husband, a little, little bit older, they were, they were moving her daughter. She was starting to work at, at Texas A&M. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. And so she, she just got a job here and she calls up the church and she's like, hey, um, my daughter's just moving to town. We don't know anyone there could you send some guys to help move in some furniture for us? She's like, I know this is a big ask, but my husband and I, we literally just, we can't lift the furniture anymore. Like we're, we're older, we've moved her like four or five times and we're just at a point, we just, we just can't lift it anymore. And so I called up a couple of guys that, that work here on staff. I'm like, hey, here's the situation. Can you help, help move this woman in? And they're like, yeah, we're there. They brought a couple other guys in tow and immediately jumped in. I'm like, that's the church. I love the fact that this woman said, we can't do it. Where should I go for help? I'm going to go to the church. I'm going to call this place because I know there's people that love God and, and want to help others. And immediately she jumped in and helped us. And I'm telling you guys, you have such great gifts. And it's not just in moving, it's in hospitality. I mean, some of you, you're so good with your home. You're so warm and welcoming. And if you, you could leverage that gift for the glory of God, you could welcome people in their home and help them find a place. Some of you, you, you you're, you've been blessed with money. 
you've been blessed with money. Your parents have money. You've inherited money. You've been blessed with money. You could leverage that by buying some meals, by helping some international students with what they might need. You have been given a variety of gifts and talents. And I don't know what all of them are, but I'll tell you this. If you want to utilize them the best, you leverage your gifts for the purpose of God. Some of you are great encouragers. I'll tell you personally, when I walk off the stage, sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, I was horrible. And when I get a little note from you, you help me soar. I'm telling you, we need one another. There is no gift that's not needed. There's no peace that won't help the entire body grow. But the key is, you've got to leverage your gifts so that everyone wins. One, one, uh, years ago, I listened to a, a pastor tell a story. And there was a guy in his congregation that really wanted to, to learn to speak, learn to preach. And the guy was, well, actually had a lot of money. He was, he was wealthy and he had a good job. And, and so he came and asked him, hey, will you help me learn to preach? And, and the pastor said, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't do that. Um, the guy's like, well, well why not? And he goes, look, I'm not going to put any burdens on you. He's like, but I just want, to, want you to take a look at what you have and what you have that you haven't given. He says, you, you, you buy a new car every year. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. You can buy a new car every year. There's nothing wrong with that. But you realize there's, there's folks in our church that, that can't afford to even pay the, the insurance on their car so that they can drive to work. There's like a tax and they can't afford that. He's like, and you've got a great apartment. I love your apartment. I mean, you kind of update it every couple of years. You redecorate it. He's like, we've got folks in our, in our midst that, could never redecorate their apartment. They could never do what you do. He's like, and you've got a great style. Love your clothes, man. You've got, got tons of new clothes. But do you realize that there's people in our congregation that can't buy groceries at the end of the month because there's too much month and not enough money? And you've, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you've, you've been given so much. And, and I'm not saying you have to do anything. I'm just saying, I'm not sure that I'm ready to put you on a stage to talk to people when you haven't leveraged your life to help us. He's like, I'm just giving you something to think about. Over the next months, that guy took that to heart. And so literally, he, he canceled some vacations he had planned. He stopped buying new cars for him. And he started buying groceries for people in the congregation. And then people would find just a, uh, money. They, there was a tax. This was in England. So there's a tax to drive your car. And he would, when they would come to the end of the month, some of the older cars, he would just put a, an envelope on their car with just enough money so they could pay their car tax and keep on driving. And all this was under the radar. He, whenever he would help anyone, he would, he would ask them not to tell anyone. He went to a couple of people's houses and said, hey, I, I'd love to help you redecorate your house. And I'd love to take you to the store so you can pick out whatever you like. And he started doing this over several months. And about six months into it, that pastor went and found that guy and said, I want to teach you. He grabbed him up and he started, went through their process, their little training thing. And then they had a moment when he was going to share, um, you know, preach, you know, share his little message that he'd worked on. And, and he got him along and, and they let everyone know at the church, hey, if you want to come out and hear this person, here's, here's what he's going to teach. And they were going to be in like a small little room, probably like 10 people listening and the entire church showed up. So they canceled it, postponed it to another later time, 
and everyone to hear. And he says he fumbled it, he messed it up a little bit. But to a man, everyone in that community was saying, I want to hear him because I see how he's leveraged what he had so that we all might win. I'm telling you, I don't know if your gifts are money or strength or teaching or hospitality or mercy. I don't know what you have, but I'll tell you what. If you keep it here, we all lose. But if you leverage it, we all win. Now, to tell those stories, I know some of you are thinking to yourself right now, you're like, you're feeling defeated. (laughs) Because you're like, Kevin, I I don't have those gifts. I don't have those talents. I don't even know what I'm good at. And, And you have beat yourself up because you're going, I just don't know if I have anything worth giving. And I tell you, some of you have grown up in environments where you haven't been been put in environments to foster your gifts, but you've been listening to voices that have said, you don't have anything worth giving. One man who literally um, walked through that was a guy named Robbie Zacharias. He's a... Um, a great communicator, great apologist, but he grew up in a tough environment. He says, he says it this way. He says, I didn't do well in school. I'd rather play cricket. Because he, and because of this, he often disappointed his father and was frequently beaten. And at one point, he decided to commit suicide. He says, I found myself after that, attempted, that attempt laying in a hospital bed having expelled all the poison that had taken, but unsure if I would recover. There in that bed with a dehydrated body, the scriptures were read to me. The flooding of my heart with the news that Jesus Christ could come into my life and that I could know God personally defies the depths to which the truth overwhelmed me. In that moment, with a simple prayer of trust, the change from a desperate heart to one that found the fullness of meaning became a reality to me. God reached down to a teenager in a hospital bed in the city of New Delhi, a mega city teeming with millions. Imagine, God cared enough to hear my cry. How incredible that he has a personal interest in the struggles of our lives. I cannot express it better than to say his self-sufficiency and greatness do not deny us the wonderful joy of being affirmed in our individuality and of knowing that we are uniquely valuable to him. I was the lost one, and he came and found me. That's you. I don't know what gifts you have, but I'll tell you this. God knows. God loves you. God's given them to you. And I'm not here to shame you. I'm here to, to inspire you. You can give. You have tremendous talent. And I'll tell you what, we all lose if you don't leverage your life so that everyone might win. I'm just going to throw a couple options in front of you. We have a youth impact. We have our youth ministry here. Youth impact reaches kids um, in the inner city in a tough environment, and they need more leaders, particularly guys. Some of you should step up and lead there. Our youth ministry here ministers to our families that come to this church. My encouragement, some of you need to step up and, and help them lead there. I know for a fact we've got holes in with seventh grade girls, seventh grade guys. So boom, that's you. Others of you, we would love for you to be on our worship team. We would love for you to come out and serve in sound, media, worship team. We'd love for you to be on our crew team. But if those aren't all a good fit for you, 
great. You're gifted. You go find a place to leverage your gifts. Because I tell you what, when you give, everyone wins and you win. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much for this morning. And I thank you so much that you have given us diverse talents, abilities. And Lord, you've given us so that we might use them. So that the entire body might be built up. So that everyone might know Jesus and feel like they're connected and utilized and vital and important. And I pray that we all see that. And that we would leverage our lives, not for our own gain, but for your glory. That you might be known. So Lord, I don't know the places that we all need to fit, the places we all need to serve, but you do. I pray that you would bring them to our mind and that we would use our talents for your glory. It's in your name we pray, amen. You guys, at this point, we turn and have a table discussion led by some of your table hosts that are right at your table. Have a great discussion.